welcome to Drinks at the Doll, episode 14, DragonCon 2013. Listening to Drinks at the Doll, a podcast way station for Lost Girl fans. I'm your host, Stephanie, and Dragon Con 2013 is fast approaching. As always, it's it's on Labor Day weekend, and there's going to be a lot of Lost Girl-related events this year. Several of the cast members will be there, but there's also quite a few Lost Girl fan events on the schedule as well. And Kevin Batchelder has joined me to talk about all the Lost Girl events that are happening this year. Kevin is one of the hosts of the Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV podcast at TuningIntoSciFiTV.com, and he hosts his own Lost Girl podcast called The Fay Files. So thank you for being here, Kevin. Oh, my pleasure. It's great to get a chance to finally uh, talk to you directly. <laughs> now, I know you're an avid Dragon Con attendee, so why don't you give us a little overview of Dragon Con, kind of what, what, what is, what's kind of the flavor of this con? Wow. Um, you're going to, you know, start the timer because I could go for an hour without even taking a breath. Um, the, the thing that I love about Dragon Con is it is, uh, it is like a giant family reunion where everybody's your best friend. You just haven't met them yet. It is just a great chance to get together with some fellow geeks, nerds, whatever labels you would have put on us, but it's mainly fat, you know, very much passionate people getting together to talk about the fandoms, the shows movies, the things they love. And this is a fan-run con, right? Yeah, that's what sets it apart. At, at 50,000-plus attendees, it's one of the largest fan-run conventions in the world. Uh, so it's very much uh, open to all kinds of topics. There's over 35 or 40 different programming tracks. So unlike some of the big uh, corporate-run cons or things like San Diego Comic-Con, that's very much only focused on current items and everything else that's more than a year or two old is kind of like left in the dust. Dragon Con covers things like Star Trek and Star Wars, along with Lost Girl and current and past things. So anything anything's, anyone's passionate about, there's a good chance you get something going on here at Dragon Con. And Kevin has recorded a much more thorough introduction to Dragon Con, which I will post a link to in the show notes for this episode. But let's get into some of the Lost Girl fan events that are coming up this year, because I know you've been very involved in scheduling those in the past. So what, what do we have going on this year in regards to the fan events? Sure. We've got uh, first up as far as events is going to be Friday afternoon at uh, one o'clock. We've got a very casual uh, Lost Girl uh, fandom just meet and greet. It's not a panel. There aren't any presenters. It'll just be, you know, literally like a little cocktail party, only without the alcohol and the food, <laughs> for folks to come in if you're a Lost Girl fan and meet other fans. Uh, we got a chance to, uh, Kelly Harkins, who runs the American Sci-Fi and Fantasy Media Track, had some extra room space. So I said, hey, would it be okay if we set up a couple of fandom meet and greets? Because, you know, while there are uh, several cast members that are going to be there, which is wonderful, and even a fan panel. Sometimes you just want to get together and, you know, talk about the show in a casual environment. So uh, she was willing to give us some uh, room space and a time. So it'll just be a chance to come and say hi. I know many of the uh, Lost Girl cosplayers are planning to be there uh, as well. So there'll be some photo ops. They're, they're big fans. We're all big fans. It's going to be hopefully a, a fun hour. So we have the meetup at Friday at 1, correct? Yes. And then there's the fan panel that's at 4 p.m. Yes, the Urban Fantasy track uh, will be covering Lost Girl, and there'll be the uh, fan panel at 4 p.m. Uh, it's just titled, uh, It's a Fey Fey World. 
And there's several of us on that panel. There'll be a moderator throwing out some questions and topics. And uh, I think there's four or five folks will be on there, you know, talking about the show and some of the themes throughout it. So it's a good chance to come and, again, meet up with some other fans, but also get a chance to hear some thoughts. And if you're someone in the audience, you know, throw out some questions and, and uh, again, just delve into a show we all love. And uh, I think there's five panelists, and you're going to be one of the panelists, and then I'm going to be one of the panelists. So hopefully hopefully this is interesting, and you'll come listen to us talk some more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing you always shoot for at a panel. So no, it's, it's great that uh, we were able to get you on a panel, too. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. But last year's panel was a lot of fun. Hoping to, uh, if technically things fall in place, uh, record the panel, too. So folks who maybe can't come will at least get a chance to get a flavor for what went on. Great, because actually somebody asked me about that already. Is the panel going to be recorded? So hopefully hopefully we will get recorded between the five of us. Somebody will be able to record it. <laughs> yeah, I try to record many of the ones I sit on. It doesn't always go well. It's not like it's professional-level recording or anything. It's just a uh, you know a handheld recorder that I drop on the front table. And if, you know, if things fall right, then it's uh, a good recording that people can enjoy. So it, are those all of the fan-related events? For some reason, I was thinking there was one more. Uh, yeah, those are the only official fan okay. events that I know of going on at con. doesn't mean there won't be some other, you know, as they say, impromptu or seat-of-the-pants things, but those are the only ones I think we'll see on the schedule. Okay. You mentioned Lost Girl cosplayers, and I'm not entirely sure how that works. I am new to cons. This is literally the second con I'm going to. I have friends who go, but I have very little experience. So how, do, how does the Lost Girl cosplay generally work? Well, all that really means when I use the term cosplay, it's just a common phrase, mainly to mean folks who will be in costume for many of the Lost Girl characters. Uh, so they, there's uh, Stephanie, another Stephanie that I know online is uh, a cosplayer. She does a lot of different fandoms, Supernatural, Lost Girl, some other things. She's uh, got a group of folks that are planning to all do different characters from Kenzie and naturally Bo and several others. And they're going to plan to get together. They were going to do like a photo shoot, like a lot of uh, folks who like to do costuming or cosplay. They get together as groups, do photo shoots. So even if you're the only one from your area going as a certain character, you can meet all the other Superman or Iron Man or, in this case, Lost Girl folks together, uh, get to meet some folks who obviously share a common interest and also get some photos, which is a great way to you know, be able to experience the con afterwards. So they're, they're planning to do their little meetup right at the fandom meetup, so it's kind of a way to get everybody together at the same time. Okay, so the cosplayers are going to have their meetup at the same time as the fan meetup at one, correct? Yep, okay. we'll all be in the same room just interacting together. It'll be a lot of fun to just see some of the craftsmanship these folks are going to do. And uh, if you want to have a little fun too, get your picture taken with some of them. And, you know, for me sometimes doing that, it's a lot of fun because I'll, uh, there's some wonderful costuming that goes on at Dragon Con. It's one of the best cons in the world for that. All, all the folks who are big into costuming will tell you that. And some folks do such a great job. I'll try to get some photos with some of these other folks, and then uh, someone I might know, I will quickly show them the photo, just enough so they'll look and go, wait a minute, was that really so-and-so? <laughs> and I'll say, no, that's just a fan who's passionate and took, you know, spent several months uh, out of the year finding just the right clothes and just the right hair or contacts or whatever it might be just to emulate a character they love. Yeah, I have a couple of friends who, they don't do cosplay, there, but they're really into steampunk, and they spend most of their free time working on their their costumes so there's a lot of work that goes into these oh it's the craftsmanship is amazing there's there's several good videos uh that are available online uh and and just they do these folks spend 51 weeks a year just prepping the stuff to get it ready for con and tons of money and it's just amazing when you look at the quality of the stuff they can put together 
So like like we mentioned, there's going to be several of the cast members at DragonCon this year as well. Zoe Palmer, Chris Holden-Reed, Casey Collins, and Paul Amos are going to be there. And currently, they have Q&A panels scheduled for Saturday at 5.30 p.m. and then Sunday and Monday at 11.30 a.m. And then they will, of course, be there doing autographs and pictures. Uh, I believe Casey Collins and Paul Amos are going to be there Friday through Monday is what they're currently scheduled, but Zoe Palmer and Chris Holden-Reed are scheduled for Saturday through Monday. So if you're interested in getting autographs or pictures with them, there are some information. I will post more links to information about that in the show notes. So like I mentioned, I'm a newbie to Dragon Con. So why don't you, Kevin, give me some resources that might be helpful for for newbies like me? (laughs) Okay. Um, well, if you are new to the con, again, one of the great things is there's thousands of people there. One of the downsides is it's a huge crowd and there's a lot going on. Events take place at uh, five hotels that are all within short walking distance of each other. But navigating around can, you know, take a little bit of time to get a handle on, especially with that many people and this many events. So there are some great resources, especially on Facebook. If you're someone who's on Facebook, there is an official Dragon Con Facebook group with over 5,000 members. So if you've got a question or are looking to learn a little bit about events, it's a great place to get some information. Uh, I started myself a couple years ago. I had four or five friends who were coming to con for the first time. And naturally, a lot of folks on the first time have the same type of questions about anything from photo ops to when to pick up my badge and all that stuff. And I figured, well, rather than trying to answer these questions one at a time, let's all, we're all on Facebook. Let's get in a group and then everybody can learn together. And then from there, word just started to spread, and we're now up to almost 600 members in that group, and there's a great mix of newbies and folks who've been, like myself, for several years, so there's a good exchange of information. So it's a great way to be able to ask a lot of simple questions without feeling like you're putting someone out, so that's a great spot to go to. Yeah, uh, I actually joined, and it's it's nice and not overwhelming. You see questions, but it's not, you know, 30,000 a day. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the only downside to the official Facebook group, and that's no knocking it because I love it, but with 5,000 people, some days you just get inundated with topics and threads and sometimes it goes a little off topic i do try to keep the uh, newbies group very much on topic and sometimes you know get a little ornery with some folks who who stray off topic only because like you said there's, there's a lot to absorb we try to keep it fairly uh, focused and make it easy enough for folks to learn that way um, if you're the type who enjoys um, podcasts much like this there's a great series of podcasts called uh, 50 days of dragon con the folks at uh, the unique geek uh, John and uh, Lee over there, they interview a lot of the track directors and people that are associated with the con, even some other folks who are just, you know, attendees. Uh, they interviewed me last year, for example. So it's a great way to learn a lot more about the different tracks if you're big into Star Wars, like I said, or Star Trek or science, podcasting, all these other tracks. You can learn a little more about what's going on there, too, and it's a great way to get some information. And then you did a podcast last year, I believe, de- debriefing Dragon Con. Yeah, last year I decided to do, again, it was kind of an offshoot of that uh, DragonCon newbies group, uh, since there were a lot of very, very similar questions. Uh, I decided to set up a real quick and basic uh, podcast called The Briefing DragonCon. I did a series of, uh, I think, 11 episodes, maybe 8 to 12 minutes each, covering some of the basics. What's your badge? How do you pick it up? What can you expect? What are photo ops? How do I prep for the con? Uh, what kind of things am I likely to see? What kind of things should I likely bring with me? Uh, things like that. So I did a set of those uh, podcasts. They're still up on the web. I checked them not too long ago. 
they're still very relevant. Things haven't changed that much. So again, if you're a total newbie, definitely something you might want to check out because it'll it'll give you some good tips and ideas. So what else do you have going on at, at DragonCon this year? I know you're in, involved in a lot of things. And, and uh, I was noticing you mentioned a B-movie screening that looked kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after going to DragonCon a couple of years, I was just so addicted and so much loved the f- discussions with other fans that... Uh, I started volunteering to be on panels and getting to know some of the track directors. So at this point, as my friends tell me, it's, it's an addiction. I just can't stop it. Someone has a topic and I'm interested, I'll volunteer. And one of the things I do, I do a podcast uh, called the Saturday B-Movie Reel, where I review, I'm a big fan of B-movies, the sci-fi originals and other low-budget films. And a couple of years ago, I mentioned to Kelly, who runs that American sci-fi and fantasy media, gee, we ought to do a fun screening of a B-movie, you know, a kind of a casual interactive one where folks... Don't have to sit quietly like you do in a movie theater. We can kind of have a little fun. And she was a little hesitant, was a little afraid. Maybe no one would come <laughs> or, you know, not sure how it would go, go over. Uh, you know, since the track directors try to keep their rooms as full as they can, you know, they have to be careful what topics they do. But, you know, she had some belief that I thought it would work. So we did it that first year, uh, two or three years ago, showing uh, Sharktopus. And... Um, <laughs> And myself and Joe Crow, who runs the American Sci-Fi Classics track, we do like a running, um, you know, Mystery Science Theater 3000 type commentary. I mean, we're not comedians, but we'll throw in some fun thoughts. And we encourage folks who go to cheer the heroes, boo the villains, throw out their own comments during the movie. So it's a very comfortable and casual showing. And that first year was standing room only. Uh, a couple hundred people came. It was a lot of fun. Last year, we moved it to a slightly bigger room. And I got to say, it was it was quite the thrill for me because in going to that event, I was on a panel just before it. So as I'm coming into where the event is going to be held, I come around the corner and a half an hour before it's due to start, there's a line forming. I couldn't believe there's a line forming for an event that I'm running. I, I was just shocked. So again, we had more fun last year with the uh, Tiffany and Debbie Gibson classic Mega Python versus Gatoroid. Um, Joe and I each took sides. We had Team Debbie and Team... Uh, Tiffany t-shirts and had some fun with it there. And, and this year we're showing a movie called Super Shark, which is just as cheesy and fun. They've actually moved us now to a ballroom. We can't be contained in a regular track room. Uh, they're going to give us more room. So it should be a lot of fun on Friday night. Uh, you know, you can come and, and be a part of the show. We'll have some prizes, DVDs and other stuff to give away. So it's a lot of fun. And the thing I really appreciate about it, very honestly, is I have folks now after the event each year, later in the convention, total strangers come up to me and Tell me, oh, I was at that event, and thank you for doing it. And hey, my kids dragged me to it, and I had so much fun. I didn't, I didn't have no idea these movies were that much fun. So it's been great to see all ages be able to come and do it, especially when a parent and child can go to an event together and have fun. So what's with B movies having shark in the title? Because we had Sharknado <laughs> this year, and <laughs> you've shown two shark movies. What is it about sharks that screams B movie? I wonder. I- I wish I knew. I could probably make some money if I knew, but folks just have an interest in those crazy sides of things. We're even doing a panel this year that I'll be uh, moderating myself called Beyond Sharknado, just to give folks oh, some... Oh, are you on that? I saw that on the schedule. Yeah, that was my idea, and Kelly kind of puts up with me every year to do that. So yeah, we'll be talking about, you know, a lot of folks heard about Sharknado, as you know, from the media storm, but we'll talk about some other titles that are we think are even better than that one, so... But, well, yeah, that sounds we like a lot fun. of fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's our goal. Fun is job number one. So do you have anything anything else that you think people might be interested in knowing or some, some resources they might check out, anything like that in regards to Dragon Con this year? Yeah, if you're someone who's coming uh, for the first time, especially the couple of events I want to mention, because it's funny, folks will often say, I'm coming for the first year, what should I see? 
Well, with, again, 35 programming tracks, 10 time slots every day, because events run till like, past midnight. I mean, there's hundreds of them. It's impossible to tell you exactly which ones to see. But if I had to pick a couple to highlight, one is the Dragon Con Parade. Saturday morning on the streets of Atlanta, you're going to have thousands of people lining the streets of Atlanta to watch all these folks in costume. Uh, they get together in different groups, and it's a thing it's covered by CNN and lots of big media outlets. It, if you've never seen it, it's definitely one that I highly recommend. You can watch it in your room. If you're staying at one of the official hotels, there's something called Dragon Con TV that streams a lot of events. And you can certainly watch it on YouTube after the fact. But it's a great chance to see a lot of the folks in costume doing that. So that's definitely one you tell folks at least catch once if you're coming to con. Another one that I go to, and this is very much... Uh, Fandom specific, but for me, I'm a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. Me too. Uh, okay, well, and here's an event definitely for you to recommend. Um, every year, the Whedon track, uh, there's a Whedon Universe track covering all of Naturally Joss's shows, they do the Buffy Horror Picture Show, which is essentially a shadow cast and a showing of Once More with Feeling. Um, so you've got the episode airing along with a cast of folks, you know, miming along and so forth with lots of other fun stuff going on there. It's huge. Uh, it's done on, this year it's on Saturday night, I think at 10 p.m. And uh, usually it's about 2,000 plus people who come. Wow. And as a Buffy fan, and I'm, I can see right now as I look at my arm, literally when you go to that event and have 2,000 people singing along, knowing every word to every song as it goes on, that is just quite an event to have. And if you're a big fan, it's just amazing to see the energy. Uh, or to feel the energy in the room and see that many people uh, together. It's it's quite an event. I never miss it. I always make sure to find a way to clear the schedule and get to that one. It's something I look forward to all year long. Yeah, they did. It used to do in Austin, they used to do sing-alongs to the musical, and they did a Rocky Horror Picture style where basically whenever Don said anything, you're supposed to yell at the screen, shut up, Don, and things like that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what you get. You get yeah. Yeah, a lot of Don hate, unfortunately, so that does come through. But Well, I was I was thinking that too, but in that episode, she does put her foot in the, her mouth like twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, those of us who are fans know, yes, it's very predictable. And they've got little cue cards they'll hold up. Um, you know, some folks will dress in uh, Sunnydale cheerleader outfits, and they're the ones who run around with the cue cards to cue the audience to say some things. So again, it's it's just it's the fun aspect of it. And we also, what a lot of my friends try to do too, is that. We make it a bit of a line party as well. We'll get together at least an hour or more ahead of time to get in line to get a, a decent seat. It isn't so much that we need to be in the front. I mean, there's big video screens and all, but that way we get to hang out as a group ahead of time, talk Buffy and fandom and the con. In a great way, since there's so many things going on at con, sometimes it's hard to spend time with friends because you're all going in different directions. But that's a way to kind of sit down, talk about the con for an hour or so before we go in to see it. So it's, a, again, it turned into a bit of a party. Well, thank you so much, Kevin, for, for coming on and telling us a little bit about Dragon Con, helping me out. You've been very helpful with my, my questions as a first-time goer. Oh, my pleasure. I, like I say, it's, it's amazing. I just A lot of people in my first couple of years when I didn't know a soul when I came to Con were very helpful. Uh, the longtime folks now, like myself, we can spot the newbie that's lost and answer questions. It's a very, very welcoming group, and it's been life-changing for me with the friendships I've made. So anything I can do with other folks to get them a chance to experience it, always up for it. Well, thank you so much. Like I said, links to the websites that we've mentioned will be included for the show notes for this episode, episode 14, over at drinksatthedoll.com. 
Next week, our series on the main characters of Lost Girl will continue with a discussion of Dyson. So if you have any comments or thoughts about Dyson's story arc, uh, his backstory, his relationship with Kenzie or Trick or Bo, we'd love to be able to include them in that episode. You can send us a voice message through your computer or mobile device by clicking on the send a voice message link at the end of the show notes, or you can call our listener voicemail line at 972 514 7223. We really love it when we can include listeners' actual voices on the show, but you can also email us at feedback at drinksatthedoll.com. Thank you for listening to Drinks at the Doll. I'm Stephanie, and thank you so much for listening. Cheers. Cheers.